welcome to V1 The Podcast, an aviation podcast where we dive into the world of aviation. My name is Nick Herring, and I'm your host. You're listening to Season 1, where we talk about aviation careers. In this episode, we sit down with corporate pilot and YouTube sensation, Corey Scow. We'll talk about what life is like as a corporate pilot, steps to becoming one, his vlog, what makes a good FBO, and as always, much, much more. So without further ado, welcome aboard to Season 1, Episode 2. Welcome back, everybody, to V1, the podcast. It's Nick Herring, your host, and in today's episode, we're talking with Corey Scow, which you may know from the popular YouTube channel Pilot Vlogs. Corey's a corporate pilot, a vlogger, a family man, an all-around great guy. Corey, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm fabulous. Uh, pleasure to be here with you, Nick. Awesome. Well, Corey and I are recording this remotely, but we got to meet in person, actually, back in October, I believe it was. Is that right? Yeah, it was October, I think. Corey was on a little family vacation, I believe, and we happened to be in the same area. So I reached out to him on Instagram and we were able to meet up and chat for a while and he answered some of my questions. And yeah, thanks again uh, for being on the show today. I wanted to have a corporate pilot on, so I reached out to Corey again and here we are. So first things first, Corey, what got you started in aviation? Essentially, what made you want to become a pilot, as it were? Yeah, well, uh, aviation... It's kind of been in the blood. Uh, my grandfather was in the Air Force. My other grandfather owned some airplanes um, throughout uh, throughout his life. He's actually based down in SoCal, kind of around you down there. Oh, cool. Um, and then it wasn't until I was 17. I was a, in my second semester in high school. I went and bought Microsoft Flight Simulator at Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. started messing around with that. And it was uh, Flight Simulator 2000 was the one I picked up. Started playing it and had always had the passion for aviation and then i realized it kind of hit me then like i could get paid to do this like i was all set up to go to school to be an engineer and um just kind of had a, a change of heart there right at the last minute and said i want to go into aviation and um started looking at some schools ended up going to utah state university i graduated high school and then uh, three weeks later started flight training out there they had a summer program that i could go get my private pilot's license done um so did that uh, took a couple years off and served uh, uh, church mission and down in Brazil. And then when I came back from that, I wasn't sure I wanted to continue to pursue aviation. Uh, you know, I was 21, 22, didn't really want to take out the loans for it that I was going to have to do. Uh, started studying a couple different uh, things, uh, you know, looking at some dental opportunities, accounting. I mean, just, you know, boring stuff that... <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go down that route. It ended up uh, deciding, you know, if I could do anything and you didn't, money wasn't an issue, you know, with how much I was going to make or how much it was going to cost, what was I going to do? And it was aviation. So I uh, went right back into the program, started up uh, about a year and a half after I got back from Brazil and just cranked it out, pounded it hard and uh, finished my training. Then about graduated in 2008. And then about a year after that, my boss, where I was flight instructing, called me up one day and said, hey, what, do you want to go fly a Citation? I'm not going to turn that down. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. beats the 152, right? Sure. And so um, ended up doing a three-day trip with this one company. I didn't even know I was getting paid. I thought I was just going to sit there and they needed somebody. And at the end of the day, he said, all right, send in your bill for however much it was to this address. And I was like, bill? <laughs> I just got paid. <laughs> It was great because, you know, we just found out we were having our first kid and okay. uh, so a little extra money was nice. Started doing that for about a year, kind of part time on this contract stuff. And then they bought a TBM 850 
went nice. and then they, they took me on full time and salary and um, all that good stuff. I uh, was with that company for about five years. And then uh, uh, the schedule was just getting really tough. The pay was pretty good, but I was just on call all the time and living an hour and a half away from base, um, you know, made for some early mornings and late nights. And uh, that's when I got on with Jet Select and out in Columbus, Ohio, took the family out there. I thought we were going to be there for a while. I really enjoyed my time there, find the Challenger 300. And, uh, but this opportunity came up back in Utah, uh, where we're from, where I went to school. My wife's parents are here. Uh, my folks live in Colorado, so, you know, closer to family, all that. Yeah, that's nice. Good place. To, yeah, good place. Pretty, pretty place. Uh, good place as a family. And uh, schedule was even better here. Pay was the same, but uh, I'm home, home a lot more than I was in Ohio. Right. And uh, that's where we are now, flying the Citation XLS Plus. Okay. Um, so I've flown a few different types. Uh, my first company, the guy went through airplanes. Like I changed my underwear. Um, <laughs> it was started with the TBM 850 and a Citation XLS. And then uh, we upgraded those to a Phenom 100 and a Falcon 50EX. And then those became a Challenger 300 and a Phenom 300. So flown f- quite a few different types in the you know nine or ten years I've been doing corporate. But uh, um, you know, happy to be back in the XLS Plus. It's got an APU. I can't complain. Yeah, right. <laughs> so that's that's my story, I guess. So at this point, if you had to tally it up. About how many years do you think you've actually been flying? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it started 2001, you know, so I mean, that's coming up on 20 years. Wow. That'd be 17 years now. Um, you know, I, but I, I got really back into it. It was 2006. Was, I've been flying consistently since then. Well, that's still a lot of flying for sure. And, uh, you know, I got to ask, and I'm sure you get asked this question a lot already, but uh, why the corporate side of things? Why not the airlines or a different line of business? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I Because my goal was always, I came to school wanting to go the 121 airline route. And I have nothing against that route. I think it's it's a great career. For me, I was just a circumstance of time. Um, you know, I, like I said, I graduated in 2008. So if you remember the economy then, yeah, it was terrible. Nobody was hiring. If I'd have graduated a year earlier, Guys were getting hired with 250 hours, you know, right, commercial ticket. All right, we'll take you. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I know. And and then when 2008 to about, I don't know, it was 2010, 2011, nobody was really hiring. And, you know, like I said, it, this kind of corporate gig just came up randomly. I'd actually ignored my boss's phone call about three times that day because okay. it was my day off. And I was like, I'm not going in. Leave me alone. It was my wife's birthday, too. Oh. Um, and uh, so just really just kind of, it fell into my lap, you know, it, um, pretty, pretty blessed actually, you know, considering the time. Um, and then from there, you kind of raise and pay a little faster on the corporate track, I think. Mm-hmm. Not every corporate job, but a lot of them, you can move up and pay faster than you could if you went to like a regional airline. So it kind of got to a point where I didn't want to take a pay cut to go to a regional and even now, where I've got about enough hours, I could go to a, a major airline. It'd still be a bit of a pay cut, but I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. And so, I, and I really like the corporate lifestyle. You know, it's not, it's not more than money to me. I, 
Um, I, I know, I've never had to miss Christmas. Um, I, you know, I miss birthdays and things, but um, I'm home for, uh, you know, some of the most of the big holidays. Um, just a couple weekends. The schedule is actually pretty good. It just kind of stuck with me. It was so, yeah, it was kind of chance and circumstance at time, but um, I happen to really enjoy it, too. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's something that that people sometimes forget to consider is that when you go through the airline route, possibly, you know, you you may have control over your schedule at some point. But given seniority and everything, it might be quite a while uh, before you really have that flexibility where. Um, you know, in the corporate side of things or the private side of things, you may right off the bat be able to exactly control your schedule, especially when you have a family. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's nice working with a, a smaller company. Um, I have a good relationship with them. If something comes up, they're more than willing to hire a contract guy to cover me. And, you know, which I know with an airline, you could just call in sick or whatever. But there is they, they kind of understand those problems. I'm not just a number to them. You know, you become kind of part of the family, if you will. Right, right. So how does uh, how does that work? How do you how are you able to balance your work and your family life and all that even with the the job you have? I think the balance ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. There's times where I feel like I'm gone a lot, even now. Um, well, not as much now, but you know the last few years with um, Jet Select in Ohio. But then there were times where I feel like I'm home too much. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you know, finding the balance, you have to um, kind of take it when you can get it. If, I, if I'm home, I'm going to enjoy the time being home, I guess. And, um, you know, I, I try and find things to keep me busy. It's kind of why I started the vlog. Right. Uh, I was just home quite a bit and I had all this time. And then when I was on the road, I needed, kind of felt like I needed something to do because sometimes we were just sitting around in hotels. Um, you know, I mean, then um, when you are on the road, I think it's a nice, nice break, I guess. And I, and I enjoy the time on the road. It's, it's kind of a mindset, the balance is. Um, you know, it's something I'm still figuring out. You ask my wife, like, I, I could probably be better at being more present when I'm home, and mm-hmm. um, you know. But I think that's just that's just life. You just yeah. everybody works on that. Yeah, it's interesting how it, it's it's not even just uh, flying either. I know um, I I used to work for a, a cruise line um, a long time ago, and it was funny. You would you know you we'd live and work on board the ship for probably five to six months at a time, and then at that towards the end of that, you know, five month mark, all you wanted to do is get home <laughs> and get off the, yeah. you know, get off the piece of metal in the middle of the ocean. And then you get home though. And then you kind of have that like urge to go back after a week or two. Um, so I can kind of relate to that feeling of, you know, <laughs> you're home, but then you kind of feel like you're home too much and you want to get back out doing it, but then you don't want to do too much of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's where I think some guys enjoy the airline is they know they're going to be gone for, you know, four days and then home for three and then kind of, kind of plan on that. Yeah. But, uh, right. It's all right. So can't, can't complain. So tell me about um, like the day in the life of, 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 you know, how does scheduling work? Do you know your schedule? Is it kind of an on-call basis? Uh, what is that whole process like? Where I'm at currently, it's kind of an on-call basis. We do have trips that are scheduled. I mean, you know, there's we're taking people to meetings, and so those obviously have to be planned. Um, but there's also times when they have something pop up. There's an emergency at a location, and they, they have to get there, and we find out the day before. Um, which is fine. Um, you know, cause like I said, I still have quite a bit of time off. Um, uh, at jet select, we were on a two week on one week off rotation. And I think they've even switched that for the, a lot of their crews are doing like a 15 on 13 off. Mm-hmm. 
uh, which, you know, isn't, isn't terrible either. Um, so, so that's kind of how their scheduling worked. And then on those, you know, two weeks on or whatever it was, you, you may have a schedule that was always subject to change. If an airplane broke and you had to cover something, you, you were still on call. Um, I've, the shortest call out I've had with this company is the day before. Um, they kind of, um, actually, no, we did have something just recently where they, they called us out that same day. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, yeah, companies, uh, one of their kind of sister companies, their airplane had some maintenance issues down in Salt Lake. And so they scrambled us, um, last minute to go help them, you know, fulfill the trip. Cause it, it made sense if that company got this business, then that was business for us. So, sure. you know, but th- that's so, it's so rare though. Like it didn't have, doesn't happen a lot here. I know some guys it happens quite a bit and that's frustrating, but, mm-hmm. uh, most of the time I know about a week or two out, kind of have an idea what's going on. That's nice. Yeah. Cause, cause like you kind of just, uh, hinted to it. I, I've heard, uh, some stories of different corporate pilots who, who, yeah, they, they actually stopped uh, working or having that kind of job because it was so on call and so last yeah. minute and they could never really plan their life around it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's something I really need to be home for, um, I just tell them, Hey, I got to be home for this and, and we schedule and can get a contract guy. And it's, it's never been a problem. Um, which, which is nice, you know, and then a typical day will show up and, you know, most of our departures are early in the morning, you know, get the coffee ready and make sure the airplane's clean. And, um, we usually do our flight plans and weight and balance and all that the night before we typically fuel the day before as well. So we're just ready to go in the morning. And, uh, then you will either just, we'll get there and kind of sit around and <laughs> wait for the day. We'll be crew lounge bums. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple of couple locations we go there are these just these long day trips which is fine you know i have hobbies and things that i can do while i'm there and keep me busy and there's other times you'll fly and you're done for the day um and then we'll go sit for a couple days like next week we're going to teterboro and we'll get there in the afternoon and have the next two full days off and go home so uh that's a pretty typical trip so how does it work with the whole crew dynamics do you find yourself flying with the same pilot all the time is there multiple people that work for your company how does that normally work for you there's only two of us that that fly for the company so it's me and the other guy all the time we're both um yeah we're both typed as captains so if one of us is gone it's not like we have to find um you know somebody that can be a captain in the airplane we just need to find somebody that's in the right seat which is a lot easier so okay cool uh, well, so let's talk about, you know, speaking of, uh, uh, you know, lounge bums, let's, let's talk about FBOs. What, uh, to you, what makes a good FBO? Like, what are you looking for when you come into one? That's, that's a great question. Uh, first thing is a seating arrangement. Um, you know, do you have nice, comfy Barker loungers and, you know, are they, is there plenty of seating? I don't want to feel like I'm sitting on top of the dude next to me. Um, you know, how's your TV situation? Uh, is it stuck on the history channel or military channel? Um, that's not my wheelhouse. I don't know. Some, some crew lounges are, yeah. are that way. <laughs> uh, free snacks, you know, do you co- what's the snack situation like? Some FBOs are pretty good. Uh, you know, drinks, uh, that kind of thing. Um, uh, snooze room. Some guys like a good snooze room. Mm-hmm. I haven't used those a whole lot, but, uh, some FBOs will have those. Uh, what else is is nice uh computers you know what kind of computer do you have um i've gone to some fbos and they got these archaic i was just at one the other day it was running like windows 7 or something like Whoa. that 
or was it XP? I don't know. It was old. It was oh, an wow. old <laughs> Windows operating system. So that, that could maybe that's uh, reminiscent of how many people actually use it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be. So, you know, we kind of like, what kind of computer internet wireless connectivity is big. You know, I don't want to. We don't have an unlimited data plan, so mm-hmm. almost unlimited, but um, not quite. So you got good Wi-Fi. That's another big one. Yeah, I, I uh, get a kick out of your Instagram stories when you're always like reading the FBO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know that's something to keep busy and, and have fun with it. Um, have you been in the new uh, the new ACI jet down in John Wayne? No, I have not. It's super nice. Did they take over for a signature? They did. Yeah, signature kind of got pushed out of there, and uh, so they they came with ACI jet and uh, flew in there a couple weeks ago, actually, right right in the evening before the airport closed, and everything's free under three hours. You know, there's no ramp fees or nice. And and yeah, they're pretty well set up there. It was a pretty nice place, actually. Really impressed. Yeah, I haven't been to. I, I mean, I've been to. I've been there when it was signature once or twice. Uh, we used to normally go to Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Atlantic had a pretty good FBO there too, but the ramp was crazy all the time. It yeah, was nuts. Yeah, do you, so do you find uh, do you find the places you go to are like is there is there like busy times for certain FBOs that you've noticed? Uh, like if you're flying somewhere, do you know? Oh man, we're going to be coming in this time of day and this day of the week. It's going to be a nightmare. Or how does that work? Yeah, some places. I mean, you know, Teterboro comes to mind. We, I don't go there as much anymore, but you know, you knew if you were flying in or out of there four or five o'clock on a Friday, uh, you're going to be some delays. There are going to be some, you know, could be some ground holds and that kind of thing. Um, most of the places we go now are, are pretty efficient. You know, Memphis is a hot spot for us. That's not too bad. Um, Dallas love is pretty efficient. So, uh, but there are some places, yeah, definitely that, um, you just, you put on a little extra fuel cause you expect the delays. Chicago, we go into Chicago a little bit. What's a what part of the country do you find yourself flying into the most? Uh, f- like the southeast, okay. typically. Um, we go down to you know, anywhere from Albuquerque, which I guess would be southwest, but Albuquerque over to Memphis. That's anywhere. Draw a line from there. That's kind of a hot spot for us. Okay. Have you found that you have a favorite airport that you fly into, or maybe there's an airport specifically you fly into often? You know, I've lately we've been going into Jonesboro, Arkansas a lot, and I really like that. Just Jonesboro's not a bad little city. Uh, the airport staff's pretty friendly. I like them. Scottsdale's pretty common for us. They're always really great to us. I like Scottsdale a lot. Um, Teterboro is still my favorite, I guess, corporate airport. I just love going in there. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I really enjoy it. Um, so let's talk about uh, people getting into the profession of a corporate pilot. So how does how does an up and coming pilot get into that, and what sort of qualities should they have? Well, I mean, getting started, it could be as simple as contacting your local flight school. Um, you know, if you some people think they got to go to some big university or whatever. I taught at the local flight school out here. I didn't teach for the university that I I went to. Um, so it could be as simple as that and just get your private and kind of get your feet wet and see how, how you like it. Uh, another option is the university. And a lot of guys like the university. It offers a couple of things now. You can get that restricted ATP, right. which is nice. Um, it can help with your funding um, if you need. And most guys need the student loans and you can get the degree. I wouldn't necessarily advise getting the aviation degree. It's not, it's not bad, but maybe think about taking some more business classes or something else that 
interests you as well. Uh, you know, and then, I mean, really, it's just something you can you know, Google how to how to get started in flight training. Um, I don't I don't know what else to to say on that. It's it's not as as complicated as you think. You got to get a uh, you make sure you have your student pilot certificate, which you can do online now. A medical, and you're good to go. And as far as getting hired for a specific company. When it comes to corporate flying, do you think it's kind of a word of mouth sort of situation? Or is it just like any other job where there's job postings online? Is there like a central location that people can uh, apply to work for a corporate flight department? Oh, yeah. Um, if Most companies will post their slots on a couple of websites like bizjetjobs.com is good. Mm-hmm. Um, Climb to 350 is another one. There's a couple others. Um, those are the two that I've used. Uh, you know, a lot of it though is word of mouth. Yeah. Um, they post it because they have to, but they've kind of already got somebody right. kind of foot in the door. Formality. You know what I mean? and, yeah. Like, Hey, well, I know so-and-so went to school with them. And that's, that's part of the reason why I took the job back here in, in Utah was because of my network. Um, the guy that I'm flying with now, I had interacted with him and been friends with him, you know, years ago when we were both based out here in, in Logan and he called me up, and this is where my network was. I tried to look at some other jobs in Ohio, but I just didn't have quite the network that was as deep as some of the relationships that other guys had already built out there. And that's uh, why I ended up coming back here is where my network is. Do you think the the pilot shortage that they're going to be facing pretty soon and kind of like already are really um, impacts the corporate world as well? If It felt like it to me, uh, me and a couple of students from my school went up to MBAA, a little while back, and it just felt like they were handing out jobs left and right, and <laughs> trying to meet everybody as possible. Are you? Do you see that uh, while you're while you're out there flying? Oh yeah, yeah. And if um, one of the guys I used to fly with, Tony, I don't know if you remember Tony from the vlog, if any of you watched that, yeah. but he, uh, him and I would just at the, at the start of last year, we both said this. We kind of like looked our chops and got excited. With, this is a year, and sure enough, I mean, you couldn't go a week without seeing these good corporate jobs pop up, you know, and, um, you know, evidently him and I both left jet select by the end of the year. Um, not that jet select was a bad company. There's just, you kind of can have your pick. If there's something out there you want at some point it'll pop up. Now, some guys, I got an email from another guy this week. It was like, Hey, I've got 300 hours. You know, what's up with this pilot shortage? I can't get a job. Well, <laughs> I mean, come on, man, pump your brakes. Like, there's plenty of guys that are more qualified that are, are still going to be picking those jobs up uh, before right. you will. So, yes, there's a pilot shortage, but it's not quite to the point where they're taking wet commercial tickets anymore. They right. still want to see some experience. And another thing people don't take into consideration with corporate jobs is, yeah, you can get hired with, you know, four or 500 hours. A lot of them have insurance requirements that are higher sure and, and you don't see those a lot of times that's you know where their minimums are coming from it's kind of that's what insurance wants and there could be some fudge there so don't if you don't quite have the minimums don't feel like you can't apply but something to take in mind take into consideration is that uh you know just because you might be qualified they, they might have higher insurance i got told i didn't have enough hours one time with like 2500 hours so oh well you just don't know well, it, it, it's probably based too on on the clientele they're flying around. I would imagine if you're if you're owner of a of an operator and and you are flying some pretty big names out there, you don't want to have your pilots 
not had that much experience, I would imagine. Yeah, and I learned this. I didn't realize this, but it, I mean, at Jet Select, when we were doing charter, there's different ratings and, and such that you have to, um, that they get awarded, I guess, or I don't know if it's awards or ratings, you know, kind of like a, it's not, but it's like a five diamond type rating. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, did, I had no idea about that. And so to get those highest classifications that make them like a premier service, yeah, their captains had to have X number of hours and this much time and type and it didn't matter if you had 5,000 hours and if you didn't have the time and the type of the airplane, you were an SIC until you met this gold standard that, you know, was given to the company or whatever. So uh, yes, there's a pilot shortage. You will find the jobs, but you still got to be qualified for the job. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I would, I know that my company that I work for, um, not as a pilot, but, uh, they, their aviation department is, I mean, they got, they hire in at, at least 8,000 hours as captains. Um, I talked to the chief pilot there and he was like, oh yeah, lots of our guys that come in, they, they've done nothing but corporate and they have all these type ratings and it's, you know, th- those are, that's kind of the elite there of people getting in. Yeah. So people tell me all the time, like, oh, Hey, you know, well maybe once you get your certificate, you can go in and work for your company in the flight department. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be quite a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't get it. Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, we've kind of mentioned the vlog a couple of times. So besides you being a corporate pilot, you're pretty present, uh, online, some videos known as pilot vlogs, uh, on YouTube and on Instagram. So let's talk about that. When did, why did you, uh, why did you start the vlog? It kind of came out of a, uh, an aerial photography business. Mm-hmm. I talk about having a lot of time off and balance. There was a period where I had five weeks out of six weeks off. I mean, you took that six weeks. Wow. I worked a Sunday to Saturday one week, and that was it. And the rest of the five weeks set off. I was bored out of my mind. I was pulling weeds around my house. I needed something to do. Uh, started listening to some business podcasts. And my friend was like, hey, you should, you know, buy a drone and take photos of real estate. And I was like, okay. So I went and bought a drone. As I was searching for reviews of drones to buy, I came across a Casey Neistat video. I mean, love me some like, Casey oh, Neistat. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's great. And I was like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. And I, at the time, I didn't know anyone was doing any other um, kind of vlogging as, as a pilot. I think the only ones that I later found out were kind of doing it at the time were like Steve-O and mm-hmm. Flight Chops and um, Captain Moonbeam yeah. were the only ones that I would really seen at the time. So I was like, okay. So it was still kind of a, a blue ocean, you know, to get into. And um, I was also starting to not enjoy aviation. I hated being gone when I was gone. I was missing things at home and starting it was a way for me. It was therapeutic because I could kind of share it. People were enjoying it. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. Save kind of save my career, I guess. Um, and, and that's kind of where it started um, or how it started and kind of evolved and um, learned how to edit, develop some new skills along the way. So it was a way for me to, it kind of got me out of this complacent right. state I was in in life and kept and, it fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Kept it fresh, kept the job fun for me. Um, you know, and I've taken some heat from it. Some guys don't really like it and they're like, Oh, you know, like, I don't know. I, I have fun with it. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think maybe I'm not professional while I'm doing it. Um, I think that's, that's actually the, the beauty of it is, is the, for me watching your videos, it's, it's so different because I think because you're very casual and you're a funny guy, 
and um, I don't know. It's just fun to watch it. You never know what what what's going to happen in them, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I mean, pilots, we all have personalities. We're not a bunch of stiffs sitting up there. Yeah. But, you know, when we're doing our job, we take our job seriously. It's why I only have one camera up there most of the time is because I don't, I don't want it in the way. I want it out of the way. I don't want to see it. That's why I don't put a lot of ATC audio in there because it's just, I'm just like, you know what? You can see the flying, like, but we'll show you the behind the scenes stuff. And, yeah. and that's kind of where I wanted to go with it. Um, you know, guys like Premier One Driver that, you know, show the whole flight. Like, that's just, it's mm-hmm. not my style. And, sure. and, um, you know, I, I just try and keep it fun and show that we have a good time on the road and it's a great career. Yeah. And so you're up to almost 33,000 subscribers on YouTube. And what's that like? I mean, what, so when did, when did, uh, it start becoming real for you when all these people started subscribing to you? It was a year ago in May. So yeah, it was, yeah, exactly a year ago. And, uh, you know, I had kind of seen the tick up. I was getting me like six, 700 subscribers and just having fun with it. And then I posted a video of that was titled why I'm not an airline pilot. Mm. And it wasn't my best video. I edited it like three in the morning one night and put it out on a Saturday. And I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? Um, and if I had made it differently, if I'd have known it was going to get the traction, I would have done it was or did, I was going to, I would have said some things differently. Mm-hmm. Some, someone picked it up or a couple guys and posted it in some form on airline pilot central and um, pretty much just kind of, I think I was, I think whether it was like the tool of the day or something like that. <laughs> so I got a lot of hate for it. Oh, but, wow. Um, a lot of people enjoyed it. A lot of people backed it up and said, yeah, like he's right. Like corporate aviation is great. And it wasn't meant to be a, a dig on the airlines. It was right. exactly what I, the message I was trying to communicate was exactly what I'd said to you earlier. I really enjoy it. It was just, I happened to fall into it and I'm going to keep doing it until I don't enjoy it anymore. And guys it kind of went off and that one has, I ended up making it private. I just was like, I, you know, I do care a little bit about what people think about me. I didn't want to get mm-hmm. a bad rap or whatever, but um, um, yeah, I had almost 300,000 views at the time. Wow. That's I crazy. took it down. So, you know, and that's, that's kind of when it was, and it's kind of blown up from there. Um, people thought I was crazy because I actually took it down while it was, I don't think it was ever trending, but it was, well, it was popping. Mm-hmm. People were like, what are you doing? Like, put it back up. And I'm like, nah, I just, I wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it wasn't ready for now it's kind of crazy like every now and then someone will recognize me in an fbo or you know through instagram you and i connected which was super cool right um and so that that that's kind of fun um but i mean that was never why why i started it was never to get a million subs or anything like that it was just sure. it was more it was it was for me it was therapeutic yeah like extra projects on the side kind of keep things different yeah yeah uh, what's the, so what's the current status of the blog? Are you, I think you were trying to rebrand it in a way or kind of change things up. Yeah. I, you know, I've had a lot of thoughts on social media lately and I don't want to produce anything that's not going to bring value. So I've really been trying kind of in my own head to, to make videos that are on point and get to a point, not just a vlog, just to have a vlog. Um, so I've really been kind of, I kind of put it on hold, still been filming things, but I want to get get the cadence right, get the story right, and, and make sure we're doing the, the aviation profession right and answering guys' questions. And um, so, I mean, it's – I've done this a couple of times while I've had it. I don't think people realize that because they're coming to it new, but I just kind of stop and think about it and come up with a game plan and go hard at it for a couple months and then take a break and, and go back at it again. Yeah. yeah and, and there's – there's a, like you, you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of different guys that have already been kind of in the uh, – in the vlogging space for, for pilots. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but do you think that for other people that it's it's still something that they should get into? Like people should still try to post their videos or try to get involved? Or do you think there's somewhat of a saturated market now at this point? Well, I do think it's becoming saturated. I think if you can come up with a creative way to tell your story and document your journey, I think go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even so much, not, you know, don't get into it because you want to get YouTube famous. That's, that's <laughs> not why you do it. You know, I mean, some guys... I think I love, you know what I love most about it is I can go back and I can watch these trips that I took with Tony and Bill and, um, uh, you know, some of the other guys I flew with and it's fun for me. So do it for like kind of a documenting purpose. Um, I mean, like, you know, some guys are up there, they got like four cameras now and yeah. I, I just, I'm like, I'm still working. Like, right. it's not, you know, I, I don't want to ever want people to think that, I'm trying to make a YouTube video while I'm at work. Like I'm, I'm working and I just happen to have a GoPro up here kind of, yeah, I don't know. But if you have a new creative way to tell your story, like go for it. Yeah. Um, but it's becoming saturated. So don't expect to, you know, for it to, to take off, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. The different, uh, the different styles of, of, uh, vlogging that's happening out there nowadays with aviation. I mean, uh, which is kind of nice. Like you said, everyone kind of has their own style. Like we have a uh, premier one driver, mm-hmm. um, who hopefully I'll actually have on a future episode. Uh, he agreed Great. to that. Um, but he, you know, he, he, he purposely, he makes a production, right? He makes a production yeah. out of, out of his flights, which is great. Um, and then you have, uh, you know, some of the, uh, well, basically, you know, you like you said, you have your, your one or two cameras where you kind of focus on the things that matter, but don't let it get in the way of your job. And it's kind of just enough, right. To, to, um, yeah. kind of pique the interest of everybody and kind of satisfy all the needs. Um, and then there's just other different types out there, whether it's they don't film the flight at all. They only film in between, you know, whether they're um, wherever they're going. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of neat. Um, and then uh, one channel I've been watching lately, too, is the like Corporate Pilot Life. I don't know if you follow those guys. Yeah, um, that guy's he's exploded. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah they, they've been doing a few things. Uh, I heard him on the radio, actually, a couple days ago when they're coming into Van Nuys. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, so all those different styles are, are pretty unique in the vlogging space. Um, uh, so I guess you kind of already covered it, but is there a, what's the future of the vlog, do you think? Are you still trying to go with the what you just mentioned or, or, or do you see it changing differently in the future? No, I, mean, I don't think the, the edits or the way I've been doing it will change a whole lot. I, I do think there will be more kind of Q&A, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's such a valuable format. Guys have so many questions. Uh, my Instagram DM is constantly full of <laughs> guys wanting to know about jobs and you know this, that, or the other. And so I, I just feel like I need to use the the vlog to answer those questions. If YouTube, if you think about it, YouTube's a big search engine. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's so if I'm going to post something, you know, I'm going to try and answer a question with it. I think that's where I'm going instead of just producing something entertaining. Cause I don't think I'm like super entertaining alone, but if I can provide some value and answer a question and maybe do it in a semi entertaining way, then, then it's a win-win. That's kind of where I'm trying to go with it. Okay. And, and so do you think that you're more, I, I guess, w- w- do you try to focus on one type of platform? Do you focus on YouTube or are you kind of trying to split it between YouTube and Instagram? Um, uh, I don't know if you, do you still Snapchat? Do you have that going or? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, and then, there's so much and so i think it was getting overwhelming too and so i kind of just like i need a need a break and just shut it down for a minute but um i think youtube's the pillar um uh, because i think it it just the, it caters to it and then instagram you know i uh 
you can I kind of been using that for like short term like short form blogs I guess you know you can kind of write a little bit more I don't know how many people read what you write or whatever but I think you can kind of get a point across that way um, and tell a story with the picture but also I mean the stories you know from Instagram and Snapchat are interesting ways you know like you said the crew lounge reviews is kind of something I um, started my friend was doing he travels a lot uh, for business and personal stuff but he would go to like you know the Delta lounges and American Airlines lounges and review them so I kind of you know you know, pawn that off of him mm. and, uh, um, you know, thought I'd do crew lounge reviews and, uh, you know, so it kind of gives, that's probably something I would never really include in a vlog maybe, but I think it's more fun to kind of mix it up, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think it's really cool that you're doing that. Cause, uh, it allows, it allows all of us, um, to kind of see the different side of the, uh, of the aviation industry. Right. Um, yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, just going to, NBAA and and seeing all the happenings there it's 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 crazy that I didn't so I didn't realize how how broad um, the aviation industry is as far as the different lines of business between airlines and corporate and and all that um, so so you being able to share just even a little bit of part, a little bit of that side is is great I think I think and there's a lot of guys in my school who watch your videos too um, who it actually, actually, it's made um, a couple a couple of guys I know that uh, friends of mine who want to pursue corporate type flying more because of your oh, types wow. of videos. So that's that's cool. Yeah. So what would you say the ultimate goal behind the production of pilot vlogs is for you on YouTube? A lot of people use this platform to get people interested and get people involved in aviation. I'm assuming that's basically the same reason. So what is your ultimate goal behind that channel? Yeah, I just think it's uh, we we've been kind of blessed with this technology, and I, and I look at myself, I, I kind of I, I I make it with like the sixteen year old me in mind, where I didn't really know what I want to do, and you know, I, like someone would have said, "What's a what does a businessman do?" I don't know. Well, now you've got someone like Gary V that kind of documents and shows all that. What does a pilot do? Well, they fly the airplane, but you don't see the behind the scenes. You don't see some of the thought process that goes behind it. So I, I make it, that's, that's my primary focus is that guy that is trying to figure out what he wants to do when he just wants to see kind of a job shadow, right? I, you can't do that in a lot of jobs, especially aviation. You can't just follow a pilot around that. That's my motivation for is to help inspire guys and provide a different, yeah, point of view of what's out there in aviation and what it's really like and talk about, the ups and and talk about the downs and so that's that's who i'm trying to do it for is is that kid that wants to or, or adult too i've had a lot of guys in their 30s and 40s asking me am i too old to start an aviation career and you know the answer is no like just and uh you know so i'm doing it for those guys that just want to want a behind the scenes look that's good yeah and i'm glad you brought up the you know the getting started point uh, i've heard i heard that a lot as well you have some older gentlemen who think that ah, it's too late for me. I can't get involved, whether it's the airlines or anything. Um, and, and it's not true. You know, I mean, they, you can, you, even if it's putting in a couple of years, I think that people uh, don't understand that there's still a lot to gain. And it's still a lot, that's actually a lot of time, you know, to be able to fly and kind of just check that off your, your, your bucket list, if you will. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would say as long as you're not 60, if you're 60, you know, you might not get further than a flight instructor, but before that, you can still have uh, a decent aviation career. 
Yeah. So, so what's next for you? What's next for uh, in Corey's life? What's what's your plan? Well, we've got uh, another kid coming. Oh, um, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, baby four, little boy. Um, excited about that. Nice. Um, and yeah, there's, you know, I, I keep up. I, I want to now. Then now that we're kind of settled here too, that was the other reason I kind of put the vlog on hold was just moving and trying to f- get adapted to this new life here and right. Um, you know, get that started back up again. And, um, you know, I'm working on, I do have another kind of side project I'm working on too, that, uh, is still in the works. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm not sure I keep messing with that one. I'm trying to find out what's going to, when that one's going to come out, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we're going to keep the vlog going and keep having fun. And, um, yeah, if you run into me at an FBO or whatever, you know, DMs always open on Instagram, just go ahead and say what's up. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it, and it's been fun. Yeah. Where else can people find you online? Uh, at Pilot Vlogs. It's all one word. Uh, you can search Pilot Vlogs on YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. I like Twitter. People need to – I think Twitter is a great platform. It's, to me, it's better than the DM because if you have a question, chances are 10 other guys or girls have that same question, and I can respond, and it can bring value to everybody. So. True. Um, if you're hearing this, hit me up on there and get me on your questions there. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much again, Corey, for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. My pleasure. And thank you all for joining us on another episode of View on the podcast. Episode three should be up probably next week. We're going to be talking to a local air traffic controller and we'll discuss all the things having to do with ATC. So once again, thank you for listening and we will see you next time on V1, the podcast. 